Genesis 30 through 32. When Rachel realized that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She told Jacob, give me sons or I'll die. Jacob got angry with Rachel and said, am I God? Am I the one who refused you babies? Rachel said, here's my maid, Bilhah. Sleep with her. Let her substitute for me so I can have a child through her and build a family. So she gave him her maid, Bilhah, for a wife, and Jacob slept with her. Bilhah became pregnant and gave Jacob a son. Rachel said, God took my side and vindicated me. He listened to me and gave me a son. And so she named him Dan, which means vindication. Rachel's maid, Bilhah, became pregnant again and gave Jacob a second son. Rachel said, I've been in an all-out fight with my sister, and I've won. And so she named him Naphtali, which means fight. When Leah saw that she wasn't having any more children, she gave her maid Zilpah to Jacob for a wife. Zilpah had a son for Jacob, and Leah said, how fortunate, and she named him Gad, which means lucky. When Leah's maid Zilpah had a second son for Jacob, Leah said, a happy day. The women will congratulate me in my happiness. And so she named him Asher, which means happy. One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben found some mandrakes in the field and brought them home to his mother Leah. Rachel asked Leah, could I please have some of your son's mandrakes? Leah said, wasn't it enough that you got my husband away from me, and now you also want my son's mandrakes? Rachel said, all right, I'll let him sleep with you tonight in exchange for your son's apples. When Jacob came home that evening from the field, Leah was there to meet him. Sleep with me tonight. I've bartered my son's mandrakes for a night with you. And so he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she became pregnant and gave Jacob a fifth son. She said, God rewarded me for giving my maid to my husband, and she named him Issachar, which means bartered. Leah became pregnant yet again and gave Jacob a sixth son, saying, God has given me a great gift. This time my husband will honor me with gifts. I've given him six sons. And she named him Zebulun, which means honor. And last of all, she had a daughter and named her Dinah. And then God remembered Rachel. God listened to her and opened her womb. She became pregnant and had a son. She said, God has taken away my humiliation. She named him Joseph, which means add, praying, may God add yet another son to me. After Rachel had had Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, let me go back home. Give me my wives and children for whom I've served you. You know how hard I've worked for you. Laban said, if you please, I've learned through divine inquiry that God has blessed me because of you. He went on, so name your wages, I'll pay you. Jacob replied, You know well that my work has meant to you and how your livestock have flourished under my care. The little you had when I arrived has increased greatly. Everything I did resulted in blessings for you. Isn't it about time that I do something for my own family? So what should I pay you, said Laban. Jacob said, You don't have to pay me a thing, but how about this? I'll go back to pasture and care for your flocks. Go through your entire flock today and take out every speckled or spotted sheep every dark-colored lamb, every spotted or speckled goat. Those will be my wages. That way you can check on my honesty when you assess my wages. If you find any goat that's not speckled or spotted, or a sheep that's not black, you'll know that I stole it. Fair enough, said Laban, it's a deal. But that very day Laban removed all the spotted billy goats and all the speckled and spotted nanny goats, every animal that even had a touch of white on it, plus the black sheep, and placed them under the care of his sons. And then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob went on tending what was left of Laban's flock. But Jacob got fresh branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and peeled the bark, leaving white stripes on them. He stuck the peeled branches in front of the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. When the flocks were in heat, they came to drink and mated in front of the streaked branches. 
and then they gave birth to young that were streaked or spotted or speckled. Jacob placed the ewes before the dark-colored animals of Laban. That way he got distinctive flocks for himself, which he didn't mix with Laban's. And when the sturdier animals were mating, Jacob placed branches at the troughs and few of the animals so that they mated in front of the branches. But he wouldn't set up branches before the feebler animals. That way the feebler animals went to Laban and the sturdy ones to Jacob. And that way the man got richer and richer, acquiring huge flocks, lots and lots of servants, not to mention camels and donkeys. Jacob learned that Laban's sons were talking behind his back. Jacob has used our father's wealth to make himself rich at our father's expense. At the same time, Jacob noticed that Laban had changed in his mood toward him. He wasn't treating him the same. That's when God said to Jacob, Go back home where you were born. I'll go with you. So Jacob sent word for Rachel and Leah to meet him out in the field where his flocks were, and he said, I notice that your father has changed towards me, and he doesn't treat me the same as before. But the God of my father hasn't changed. He's still with me. You know how hard I've worked for your father. Still, your father has cheated me over and over, changing my wages time and again. But God never let him really hurt me. If he said your wages will consist of speckled animals, the whole flock would start having speckled lambs and kids. And if he said from now on your wages will be streaked animals, the whole flock would have streaked ones. Over and over, God used your fam father's livestock to reward me. Once, while the flocks were mating, I had a dream and saw the billy goats, all of them streaked, speckled, and spotted, mounting their mates. In the dream, an angel of God called out to me and said, Jacob? And I said, yes. He said, watch closely. Notice that all the goats in the flock that are mating are spotted, speckled, and streaked. I know what Laban's doing to you. I'm the God of Bethel, where you consecrated a pillar and made a vow to me. Now be on your way and get out of this place. Go home to your birthplace. Rachel and Leah said, has he treated us any better? Aren't we treated worse than outsiders? All he wanted was the money he got you he got from selling us and he spent all of that any wealth that God has seen fit to return to us from our father is justly ours and our children's go ahead do what God tells you so Jacob did he put his children and his wives on camels and gathered all his livestock and everything he had gotten everything acquired in Padan Aram to go home to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan Laban was off shearing sheep Rachel stole her father's household gods and Jacob had concealed his plan so well that Laban had no idea what was going on. He was totally in the dark. Jacob got away with everything he had and was soon across the Euphrates, heading for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban got the news. Jacob has run off. Laban rounded up his relatives and chased after him. Seven days later, they caught up with him in the hill country. That night, God came to Laban in a dream and said, Be careful what you do to Jacob, whether good or bad. When Laban reached him, Jacob's tents were pitched in the Gilead Mountains, and Laban pitched his tents there too. "'What do you mean?' said Laban, by keeping me in the dark and sneaking off, hauling my daughters off like prisoners of war. "'Why did you run off like a thief in the night? Why didn't you tell me? I would have sent you off with great celebration, music, and flutes, but you wouldn't permit me as much as a kiss from my daughters and grandchildren. It was a stupid thing for you to do. If I had a mind to, I could destroy you right now.' But the God of your father spoke to me last night and said, Be careful what you do to Jacob, whether good or bad. I understand. You left because you were homesick. But why did you steal my household gods? Jacob answered Laban, I was afraid. I thought you would take your daughters away from me by brute force. But as far as your gods are concerned, if you find that anybody here has them, they will die. With all of us watching, look around. If you find anything here that belongs to you, take it. Jacob didn't know that Rachel had stolen the gods. 
Laban went through Jacob's tent, Leah's tent, and the tents of the two maids, but he didn't find them. He went from Leah's tent to Rachel's, but Rachel had taken the household gods, put them inside a camel cushion, and was sitting on them. When Laban had gone through the tent, searching high and low without finding a thing, Rachel said to her father, Don't think I'm being disrespectful, my master, that I can't stand before you, but I'm having my period. So even though he turned the place upside down in his search, he didn't find the gods. Now it was Jacob's turn to get angry, and he lit into Laban. So what's my crime? What wrong have I done to you that you badger me like this? You've ransacked the place. Have you turned up a single thing that's yours? Let's see it. Display the evidence. Our two families can be the jury and decide between us. In the 20 years I've worked for you, ewes and she-goats never miscarried. I never feasted on the rams of your flock. I never brought you a torn carcass killed by wild animals, but that I paid for it out of my own pocket. Actually, you made me pay whether it was my fault or not. I was out in all kinds of weather, from torrid heat to freezing cold, putting in many a sleepless night. For 20 years I've done this. I slaved away 14 years for your two daughters and another six for your flock, and you changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not stuck with me, you would have sent me off penniless. But God saw the fix I was in and how hard I had worked, and last night rendered his verdict. Laban defended himself. The daughters are my daughters, the children are my children, the flock's my flock. Everything you see is mine. What can I do about my daughters or for the children they've had? Let's settle things between us and make a covenant. God will be a witness between us. Jacob took a stone and set it upright as a pillar. Jacob called his family around, get stones. So they gathered stones and heaped them up and then ate there beside the pile of stones. Laban said, this monument of stones will be a witness beginning now between you and me. It is also called Mizpah, watchtower, because Laban said, God keep watch between you and me when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or take other wives, when there's no one around to see you, God will see you and stand witness between us. Laban continued to Jacob, This monument of stones and this stone pillar that I have set up as witness, a witness that I won't cross this line to hurt you, and you won't cross this line to hurt me. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of this ancestor, will keep things straight between us. Jacob promised, swearing by the fear, the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and worshipped, calling in all his family members to the meal. They ate and slept that night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning, kissed his grandchildren and his daughters, blessed them, and then set off for home. And Jacob went on his way. Angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, Oh, God's camp. And he named the place Mahanam, meaning campground. Then Jacob sent messengers on ahead with to his brother Esau in the land of Seir and Edom. He instructed them, Tell my master Esau this, a message from your servant Jacob. I've been staying with Laban and couldn't get away until now. I've acquired cattle and donkeys and sheep, also men and women servants. I'm telling you all this, my master, hoping for your approval. The messengers came back to Jacob and said, We've talked to your brother Esau, and he's on his way to meet you, but he has 400 men with him. Jacob was scared, very scared. Panicked, he divided his people, sheep, cattle, and camels into two camps. He thought if Esau comes on the first camp and attacks it, the other camp will have a chance to get away. And then Jacob prayed, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, God who told me, go back to your parents' homeland and I'll treat you well. I don't deserve all the love and loyalty you've shown me. When I left here and crossed the Jordan, I had only the clothes on my back and now look at me, two camps. 
Save me, please, from the violence of my brother, my angry brother. I'm afraid he'll come and attack us all, me, the mothers, and the children. You yourself said I'll treat you well. I'll make your descendants like sands of the sea, far too many to count. He slept that night there, and then he prepared a present for his brother Esau from his possessions. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 camels with their nursing young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put a servant in charge of each herd and said, Go ahead of me and keep a healthy space between each herd. Then he instructed the first one out, When my brother Esau comes close and asks, Who's your master? Where are you going? Who owns these? Answer him like this, Your servant Jacob. They are a gift to my master Esau. He's on his way. He gave the same instructions to the second servant and to the third, to each in turn as they set out with their herds. Say, your servant Jacob is on his way behind us. He thought, I will soften him up with the succession of gifts, and then when he sees me face to face, maybe he'll be glad and welcome me. So his gifts went on before him, and he settled down for the night in the camp. But during the night he got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook, along with all the possessions. But Jacob stayed behind by himself, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as he wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. The man said, Let me go, it's daybreak. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. The man said, What's your name? And he answered, Jacob. The man said, But no longer. Your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it's Israel, God's wrestler. You've wrestled with God, and you've come through. Jacob asked, What's your name? The man said, Why do you want to know my name? And then, right then and there, he blessed him. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means God's face, because he said, I saw God face to face and lived to tell the story. The sun came up, and Jacob was limping because of his hip. That is why Israelites to this day don't eat the hip muscle, because Jacob's hip was thrown out of joint. So such an interesting turn of events in that Jacob has finally decided to leave um, Laban and take all of his flocks and his wives and maidservants and return back to his father. But obviously knowing that he's going there, he knows he's going to run into his brother Esau who he has wronged um, in such a great way. I think it's very interesting that Jacob finally shows some sign of remorse in that he is whether it's out of fear or actual being sorry, is sending a bunch of gifts ahead of himself, hoping that Esau, when he meets them, will forgive his brother because he's gotten word that Esau is bringing 400 men and his assumption is that that is um, an army that they're going to fight. And I think it's a really cool thing that God meets Jacob the night before and wrestles with him and obviously we find out that the wrestler is God and so obviously he could have taken Jacob out at any moment but I think that he wanted to show Jacob that even though God has the strength to end his life or to change things however he wanted what he chooses to change is Jacob's name and it's such a pivotal moment in Jacob's life because he is truly never the same and even though he still struggles with his deception this is a mark in time where he changes who he is and fully believes in this God who has protected him. And along with the change in his name, Jacob never walks the same. 
And that's such a cool testimony that when we are truly changed, we do walk differently. And Jacob's world was changed in that moment, and it makes all the difference when in the next section that we read, he ends up meeting up with his brother Esau.